0: Good morning and welcome to another episode of CCT Live, the Cape Cod Times Live Facebook news broadcast coming to you every Thursday at 9 a.m. I'm news editor Patrick Cassidy. I'm joined today by a reporter, Kristen Young, who covers the towns of Dennis and Yarmouth and is now old head at CCT Live been on it a few times. This week, we'll talk about the ongoing negotiations around offshore wind energy uh, coming ashore in the town of Yarmouth, one of your towns that you cover, the theft of flags from a Route 6 overpass, and a new look at a 44-year-old mystery and its connection to Jaws, a a murder mystery, no less. The big story this week, however, was one you covered, the funeral for Kevin Quinn, and we'll talk about that as well. We'll then take a look forward to a super cool story coming up about the search for life on other planets, uh, in, in the oceans on other planets, no less. You can look back at past episodes and follow along at home by going to our website and checking us out on all our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, Yarmouth officials this week uh, balked at an offer from an offshore wind energy company that's planning to come ashore there, and and you covered that story. Kristen, what can you tell us about it?
1: That's right. So Vineyard Wind is seeking a host community agreement with Yarmouth. Um, The company is trying to bring an 800-megawatt cable from their proposed wind farm southwest of Martha's Vineyard through Nantucket Sound and Lewis Bay, onshore in Yarmouth, and then through the town to an existing electrical substation in Barnstable. Um, so they're seeking a host community agreement which would stipulate what financial compensations or protections the town of Yarmouth might receive uh, as the cable comes onshore there. Um, that would also kind of give the company some security and in the idea that the town is signed on to sort of say they support this. Um, But what Yarmouth has told Vineyard Wind is that, you know, even to investigate a potential host community agreement to look into it, we really would need some upfront funding to cover costs for things like legal services, um, environmental consultants, engineering consultants, those sort of things that would cost the town what what they say would be about $75,000. So Vineyard Wind um, came forward on Tuesday at the Selectman's meeting Mm. and put forth an initial number of $10,000. Not
0: $75,000. Not (laughs) $75,000.
1: And I think it it sort of took some of the selectmen by surprise. Um, Some called the offer insulting. Others said that there's really nothing we could do with with $10,000 to even get the ball rolling. Um, Vineyard Wind responded by saying, you know, this was really intended just as an initial payment, um, that we are really planning to follow that up with more payments. Um, but the town's attorney said, you know, in order to even secure any of these contracts with these various consultants, we would need more money than that up front. And so $10,000 installments wouldn't really get us anywhere.
0: Yeah. And again, Vineyard Wind kind of saying, we'll give you $10,000 now and some later and some later. Uh, it, it, as anybody who's followed town government knows, you know, doing anything for that short of money is is not easy or, or practically impossible. Um, so Yarmouth is pushing back. and I think it, you said it was a Somebody said it was a joke. Selectman Mark Forrest said it was a joke or insulting. He even called it. So it sounded like it was a little bit of a tense meeting. Um, And now Vineyard Wind doesn't necessarily need this community host agreement. uh, But as you said, it's it's nice to have because it assures them that basically the town won't be fighting them all along the way.
1: That's correct. Um, there are various state agencies who would be the ones that ultimately decide whether this cable is allowed to come on shore in Yarmouth. Um, so whether or not Yarmouth agrees uh, to go forward with a host community agreement, you know, what the, the ultimate impact of that is, is, is it could be fairly minimal.
0: Yeah, and this is coming from Federal Waters, similar to the now defunct Cape Wind project. It's coming along the same route. So a lot of these questions have been raised uh, previously, and, and you would think may have been answered at this point but because this this project seems like it's uh much more stable in terms of uh likely coming to fruition than cape wind it seems like yarmouth is taking this very seriously and Mm -hmm. and worried about the potential effects on lewis bay which it would come through and anything that would happen there um so uh we'll see how that turns out and whether there's any further negotiations that are going on. They're, they, they're going back to the drawing board, I think, at Vineyard Wind.
1: Yeah, I think Vineyard Wind said they want to take some more time to talk with town staff and see what their needs are, and they'll come back to the table. Um, town Administrator Daniel Knapek said, you know, that that's really, wasn't sure how to react to that. He said, we were very clear from the beginning that $75,000 would be a starting point um, for this sort of pre-post-community agreement agreement, um, and that, that a cap. Like a ten thousand dollar cap just wouldn't be acceptable.
0: He was saying there was no miscommunication. Vineyard Wind says, "Oh well, we really meant this." Mm-hmm. Um, there were a few other uh, offshore wind energy stories related, uh, somewhat to, to Vineyard Wind as well. In in most cases, or in some cases, uh, that uh, a couple other reporters covered this week. And just to go through them, you can check them out on the website as as well. But um, a company that didn't get the bid to sell electricity into the uh, state to the state's uh, electric. Uh, distributors, uh, the utilities there uh, came out and said that they were going to rearrange their turbines. Now, again, some looked at this and said, well, you don't really have a project yet because you're not, you don't have anybody to sell your power to Bay state wind, which is this, uh, or um, it's a 50, 50 venture between Eversource and a Denmark uh, company said, yeah, well, we're still going forward with our plans. There is going to be further RFPs uh, requests for proposals to sell energy to into the market in the state. Um, So they're kind of saying, we're going to rearrange our turbines, to uh meet some some requests from fishermen um vineyard wind uh says they've talked to fishermen quite a bit and and uh, there are some fishermen out of rhode island and massachusetts who said they don't like the arrangement of vineyard winds turbines as well this is kind of the so that they could fish through the the turbine field there um so there's a lot more on that story that colleen cronin wrote for us on that and kind of the back and forth there and then again, stretching back to the days of Cape Wind, if you will, uh, the Alliance to Protect the Nantucket Sound, which was one of the major uh, opponents and and the major opponent group uh, that that, um, really a lot of their work led to probably Cape Wind's downfall in some respects, has come out and said that they want to seek permanent protection for Nantucket Sound from energy development. Um, This wouldn't affect a cable like Vineyard Wind's uh, cable, they say, Um, but they've asked the congressional delegation for our uh, state to go down to to Washington and seek this permanent protection. This had come up periodically when Cape Wind was being discussed, uh, but never really got any traction. And, And I think the thought at the time was that it would be so targeted at Cape Wind that politically there was so much Uh, uh, contention there that it wouldn't uh, be something that you could do but now with Cape Wind not going forward in Nantucket Sound it seems like it may get some more traction we'll have to wait and see on that one Um, well uh, we we've uh, I guess for many years at this point um, uh, been following uh, a mystery out of Provincetown uh, from, from way back in 1974 um, where a dog walker uh, found a body in the dunes out in Provincetown um, in July. It had, the body had no hands. Um, it was really a, uh, a very kind of dramatic uh, uh, find. And obviously, and, and uh, I was actually looking back through some of our archives about kind of with the coverage at the time. Um, and nobody knew who this was. And, and to this day, doesn't uh, nobody knows who it is. Um was the, the, mystery was given the name Lady of the Dunes mm-hmm. um, and uh, they they have over the years uh, repeatedly tried to solve this mystery they've done uh, reconstructions of, of what the face of this woman uh, might have looked like and tried to get the word out to get people to to come forward and, and say they uh, knew what was going on and uh, there's uh, some uh, new uh, I guess life to that to that investigation. Um, do you read Stephen King?
1: um uh, here and there my dad used to be a big stephen king reader and so the books were always floating around our house growing up
0: uh, his his son joe hill uh who's also an author um had done a post about three years ago and he had he said he was reading about the lady of the dunes and then he was watching jaws um uh which uh, i think he said he watches it every year i think i watch it every year mm-hmm. i mean it's one of those movies certainly on the cape that you you watch because it was filmed in martha's vineyard um and it was being filmed in 1974 at the time uh, that this body was discovered i think it's filming started in may and went straight through october filming was a mess on jaws they, they everything was getting screwed up and and it went way over uh, the amount of time that they expected to film it Um, But in any case, while he was watching Jaws, uh, uh, I think, uh, again, at that point, I think that was the 30th anniversary of its release or something, um, or maybe it was the 40th anniversary at that point in in 2015, he saw this person in the crowd and he said, that looks like the reconstructions that I've seen of the Lady of the Dunes. And so he had this idea, wrote a blog, and uh, recently somebody was uh, doing a podcast about the making of Jaws and raised that again and then it just kind of took off and and various media outlets have picked it up and and kind of run with this idea of could this be the the lady of the dunes um there's a lot of you know description that's been provided of of this woman that was found in the dunes and uh joe hill uh king's son says that lines up with uh this person uh Uh, that they've seen in the movie who was who was kind of not even an extra she was in a crowd shot um and he's zoomed in on her and you can go to our website CapegodTimes.com and take a look for yourself at the reconstruction and at the uh the image itself from jaws and and uh you know, think for yourself. I guess as to whether or not it could be the same person. Um, I don't think anybody knows for sure, or, or will know for sure anytime soon. But it is another potential uh, solution to that to that mystery. So we'll have to wait and see uh, what comes of it. Um, uh, a mashme man was charged uh, this week with uh, stealing police and fire flags from an overpass in Barnstable. Um, what can you tell us about this story, Kristen?
1: Yes, yeah, so someone um, who was in the area of that overpass saw the person take the flags and called police, um, Barnstable Police. Were able to trace the plates of um, that car. The witness saw the plate numbers, was able to pass them on to police, and traced it to a home in Mashpee, where Mashpee police waited and arrested Alexander McGee, who is a 27-year-old Mashpee man, um, and he's being charged with injury to a memorial fence or flags and with larceny of property worth less than $1,100, according to Barnstable Police. Um, those flags have a lot of meaning to a lot of people. Um, we spoke with Yarmouth Deputy Police Chief Steve Exaros, who said the the flags are made specifically by a World War II veteran, um, and they're designed to be able to be clamped onto the bridge, so they're difficult to remove. They cost about $90 each. I guess two of them are related to um, firefighters, and one is a police flag, is that correct? I think it was two police police and one one firefighter
0: flag, yep.
1: Um, And um, Ixaro said he actually befriended the man who made the flags um, after that man made a flag to honor his son. Um, Xaros' son, Nicholas Xaros, who died in 2009 while serving in the Marines in Afghanistan, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> And, and police also said, you know, this is a bittersweet because there have been so many tragedies lately. Um, Xarras referred to the recent death of Sean Gannon um, and other law enforcement officials from around the state. Um, another interesting piece of this is that the arresting Barnstable officer was Officer Anson Moore, who was actually the father of a Falmouth police officer who was recently shot. Mm-hmm. Um, that officer is Ryan Moore. He was grazed in the neck during a shooting on... Um, July twenty seventh. Um, another officer who was also shot. Uh, they've both been treated and released and are recovering. Mm-hmm. Um, so police also said, you know, it was difficult to understand the night that this happened was also national night out, yeah. which is when um, different mm-hmm. departments come out, and it's intended for a time for police and the communities to come together and really sort of be, uh, you know, a, a good night for, for community policing. Um, and I guess McGee didn't give a reason to police for taking the flags and, either.
0: And, and just an update to that, the uh, in the court files, uh, the next day, he there was a reason given, if it is a reason, if you will. I think he told the arrest officer that it was a stupid street Prank. So, okay. in terms of you know a reason, I don't think uh, anybody is appeased by that. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, again, these are all allegations that that he's done this. Um, uh, and then I think one of the charges was was changed from the injury to a memorial to vandalism of private property or something like that. So it, it is interesting because these overpasses, this overpass in particular, was dedicated uh, to first responders. First responders appreciation overpass is what I think it was. It was dedicated mm-hmm. earlier this year. I think there was a um, uh, rotary where they had uh, flag poles set up, but then over the overpass itself, uh, these flags are hung, and people who are driving down Route 6 can see them in, in many places, but this is. Uh, I guess, considered an official, you know, overpass uh, dedicated to first responders. Um, This had happened before from this overpass where I think a Plymouth man had, had taken uh, some police flags were up there before it was kind of officially dedicated as an overpass. And he was arrested as well. And I think he ended up uh, agreeing to um, write an apology letter to Ixaros because he was the one who was providing the flags and and pay him restitution. Um, But it is an interesting situation because, uh, these flags uh, are on overpasses. And there was some question back when that first uh, arrest occurred as to whether they um, are allowed on the overpasses. I know veterans flags have been put in, put up on the overpasses. And at one point, I think the state had come in and said, you can't put any flags up. They got pushback on that. And then they said, well, you can put flags up if they're uh, related to veterans. And then public safety agencies, I think is what they gave as another uh, um, kind of ad hoc policy at the time. Now that this overpass is officially dedicated. I guess it carries some more weight, um, although the change of that charge indicated to me that maybe they were looking at it less as from the memorial standpoint and more of just kind of a strictly vandalism standpoint. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I know the uh, gentleman, Mr. McGee, had his bail raised from 250 to to 1000 mm-hmm. which he has paid and has gotten out. But, um, you know, stupid street par- prank if it is, if the allegations are true. Uh, certainly, I think a lot of people would agree with the first part of that and, and you know, uh, question how you couldn't know in this environment when you take a police flag or something along those lines what the reaction was going to be. And mm-hmm. police reacted quickly. I mean, we, we were listening to it on the scanner and they were all over this and this and they said especially in light as you said of the recent uh deaths that have occurred and also it occurring on national night out i mean the night when police are, are supposed to be out uh, interacting with their community and kind of coming together to have something like this they were they were quite upset about that um uh, uh another it, area where there was a lot of kind of connections um between you know police uh, veterans the military um and and another tragedy uh was the death of Kevin Quinn uh i think it was now a couple weeks ago at this point um but the funeral was held uh, this this week and and i guess first uh, tell us i guess what happened for anybody who hasn't been following him. it'd be hard to believe that you wouldn't know about this already but uh how did he die and then and then what was the funeral like you were out there uh on the streets uh, seeing what was happening
1: So Quinn was killed, like you mentioned, it was a few weeks ago on July 28th. Um, He was driving on Route 28, and a car driven by Mickey Rivera, 22-year-old from Fall River, collided with Quinn's sport utility vehicle as he was actually driving home from Mashpee, um, driving home to Mashpee from Cape Cod Hospital, where he had been visiting his wife and their newborn child. Who was born on july 25th so, so just, he
0: was driving home from he the was hospital, driving home he had from the hospital
1: um had just been visiting his wife and his newborn child <laughs> all three of the individuals who were involved in that accident um the driver mickey rivera of the car that collided with quinn's and also a passenger in his car jocelyn goyette um have all have all died in the crash um quinn you know there's a major show of support for the quinn family and and um for over the loss of Quinn, um, this week with his, his wake and his funeral, um, about a thousand people showed up to a vigil on Sunday in Mashpee at a funeral home, um, to, to honor Quinn. He was 32 years old. He had served two tours in the U.S. Marine Corps in Afghanistan. Um, he also was a local business owner. So a lot of people are saying that they felt connected to him either through the fact that he was a veteran or knowing him in the community or through the business community. He owned, um, Quinn Septic and Excavation, uh, which he opened in 2015 with his wife, Kara. Um, from what I hear, Kara is still committed to running the business. There were several people along the procession route on Monday who who said that, you know, she's committed to, to keeping that going. And a lot of business members of the community who have also said that, you know, they'll assist with that in any way that they can. Um, the The procession route... Was lined by um, hundreds, if not thousands, of people. That that went from Christ the King Parish in Mashpee to the Massachusetts National Cemetery in Bourne, where Quinn was buried. Um, there were, you know, flags along the route, construction vehicles with with massive flags flying, flags flying from the backs of pickup trucks, um, and people just standing there. You know, when the procession actually passed, people going in the opposite direction were pulling over and putting their hands over their hearts to just show their respects to the Quinn family.
0: Yeah, and again, whether they knew him directly or they knew of him or they knew of this story uh people were really clearly moved and a, a, again it was one of those kind of processions that you often see with police uh, mm-hmm. we've, we've seen that this year certainly with the uh sean gannon's funeral or you see it with a um a, serve, a an actively serving military member though it's certainly you know people come out and support um somebody who's served and and then is out sometimes you see it and and uh Um, This seemed to be a combination of sorts because he did have connections with uh, some local police departments in terms of knowing people. And and I think wanting to potentially look at becoming a police officer himself potentially. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, But also there were so many factors in this um, that either, you know, made people very angry um, or or frustrated them. Uh, Mickey Rivera was somebody who had um, some very serious uh, um, allegations against him in terms of a, a killing that took place in Fall River, I believe back in 2015. Um, and he was still kind of going through that, that court process. He had been arrested for an OUI in uh, Barnstable um, earlier this year,
1: just in June, uh,
0: just in June. Oh, exactly. And, and, and the frustrations that were expressed when Sean Gannon was, was killed um, and the the concerns about the, his uh, alleged uh, killer, being out um, and the system not working, the justice system not working. Those all resurfaced here as well when people were looking at Mickey Rivera, who was being chased by the police at the time. Mashpee police had started a chase uh, in their town and crossed over the border into Kituat, into Barnstable. Um, and there are still open questions about you know whether... Uh, the officers there, I know the Mashpee police chief has said that he has an internal investigation going on to figure out whether his officers followed all the protocol in terms of how that chase was handled. Um, so there are all these different factors. Again, you know, veterans, the the justice system, uh, the the story itself about a, a man who had a young family, it was just starting out his family, had served his country and then came back and was starting a business. I mean, you really it couldn't have put together uh, a number of factors uh, that made for something that, again, people were going to react to, react to powerfully. And you saw it out on the streets when they were out there. So
1: There are a lot of people who, you know, whether they they mentioned their anger about um, why Rivera was, was able to be in the position that he was that resulted in Quinn's death or others who just said they were very saddened by it. I spoke with a woman who was um, actually a nurse at the maternity ward at Cape Cod Hospital, and she was there with her three-month-old son. And she said, you know, having a newborn herself, she just felt so much for, for Kara Quinn's wife and, um, said, you know, it was supposed to be the happiest day of her life. And now she's faced with burying her husband and the father of her child and, um, several others who, who echo those sentiments.
0: Yeah, And she's been incredibly gracious. I know she put a, uh, a statement out on uh, Facebook the other day, thanking uh, a long list of people for their support. And obviously, um, this, this show of support that you witnessed and, and that we had, uh, um, plenty of photos and video in our, our, uh, paper about, uh, was something that I think touched her as well. Um, so we'll be, you know, certainly following the continued investigation into the crash, uh, into the chase and, and, uh, certainly, you know, anything that comes of that, uh, going forward. Um, uh, looking forward here, uh, we're going to be having a story coming up in the paper um, by Christine Legere, who covers uh, Falmouth and the, the Woods Hole scientific community. Uh, she uh, is going to be looking at a scientist who uh, t- who had a talk, I think, this week, and she's following up on that, about robots that he and others are working on that will explore life in oceans on other planets, so not just life in the oceans, which some people say getting to the bottom of the ocean is as difficult as going to another planet, uh, but actually considering sending robots to these other planets to look at life in oceans. Cape Cod, you know, we have all sorts of great uh, science that goes on here, and, and it seems like all roads lead here, and uh, apparently even from other uh, planets. So we'll we'll see we'll see what happens with that story. Definitely going to uh, be one that I'm going to read closely. Uh, thanks again for joining us. Thank you, Kristen, for being on again. Appreciate it. Um, tell your friends share the link and feel free to reach out to any of us uh, all our uh, email addresses are on uh, our website kipcottimes.com where where news on kipcot starts thanks again until next week have a good morning and good luck just going to run this
1: dog to see if we can find any type of uh,
0: human remains that are left